yes, the loss to KU definitely hurts a little bit, but not a lot. And guys, softball, it's not only for real. It's worth the watch. It's worth getting pumped up for because they're good. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. And today we are brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So as we're we're rolling even deeper into the basketball season, I, I think it's it's not rocket science to sit here and say that this loss to KU, not that big of a deal. I mean, we were definitely the hottest team in the conference going into the game. So we drop one, and you know, the worst part to me wasn't necessarily the, the loss. It was the loss in front of, you know. A really good crowd. Almost, well, it was, was 11,156. That's a pretty good crowd. I honestly thought it'd be a, a hair more, but that was, you know, my baseline expectation was at least 11K. And really, the only thing this changes is the fact that KU has a legit shot, right? of overtaking Texas for that top spot. Are we out of it? Absolutely not. And we've got a really crucial trip to Fort Worth coming up to play, you know, another top 20, 22 team in TCU. We all know that Jamie Dixon's going to have his squad ready to rock and roll for this one. There's a reason that he's a legend, that he's been doing this for a very long time, dating back to his days at Pitt. His ability to have these guys prepared, especially at home, it's really going to be a fun thing to see how we rebound. Because we haven't really been punched in the mouth in a while, right? We, we got on that streak where we won seven of eight and over five, and we had five in a row. And, you know, we had that massive win up in Ames, Iowa. And I thought maybe even that game in Ames, Iowa would be somewhat telling of the trajectory. Right. I honestly thought that at that time, as hot as we were, that, you know, it was going to slow down. And I thought maybe it was going to happen in Ames. And then it didn't. Right. We, we controlled the game from the onset in Ames, Iowa. And then in Galgrab Arena, it was close the whole game. But, you know, kudos to, to Bill Self and, and KU for having the ability to answer. That's the thing is, you know, did we go eight minutes and 24 seconds without scoring like last time? No, we didn't. But we did go three, four minutes without scoring. And again, that's the difference. When you're playing a team that good, I mean, your defense can be stellar. And it, and it typically has been all year. 
But even if your defense is that good, it's still it's going to diminish, right? Some of what you're doing on on both sides of the ball. So now this trip to to Fort Worth becomes, you know, a big one in the sense that it can put us back on track because I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that we crept our way up and up and up all the way into contention for the regular season, big 12 championship title. And it's still there. So just because, you know, we lost a game to KU and Texas seems to be cruising pretty well. We've still got, we've still got some quality basketball coming up and we've got major road games and major road games in the big 12 are what quad one wins. Even if you go to Morgantown, even if West Virginia is having what they would consider to be a down year, I would consider what West Virginia is going through is traditionally speaking a down year for coach Bob Huggins, also known as Huggy Bear. That's honestly one of my favorite nicknames of all time. And I was a big, big, big Bob Huggins fan back when he was coaching Cincinnati. So I'm glad that he's had the ability to kind of turn this ship around to give himself some more time because I will, I just, for storyline purposes, really wanted to see that West Virginia and Cincinnati matchup with them both being in the Big 12 with Coach Huggins. And Cincinnati, you know, when they had Coach Bob Huggins, they were a big-time basketball program. They expected to not only go to the tournament every year, but they expected to compete and win uh, their conference title every year. and just. Just in case people tend to forget, the Big East used to be the Big 12. The Big East used to run basketball. And a lot of people were, were just, you know, not sold on the idea of that being the only revenue source uh, for a, a stake of control, really. So that's why you've seen kind, kind of things navigate the way they are. Now, we control basketball, but we're also relevant enough in football that from a monetary perspective, we're going to continue to keep this thing humming at a pretty good clip. And you guys have already heard me talk about the future of the Big 12, the future of Oklahoma State, both of which I think are very, very bright. We just have to continue to capitalize. KU would have been a very big win, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, it, it wasn't a massive loss by any stretch. And Caleb Boone stays hot dropping 27 points. If you come into the game thinking Caleb Boone's going to drop almost 30 Probably think we're going to have a, a W, right? It just it didn't work out. We'll go over some of the stats in a minute. But speaking of stats, one thing we do have to jump into, now that we're like midway through the NBA season here, it's kind of a perfect time, if you haven't already, to download FanDuel. It is America's number one sports book. Well, right now, uh, new customers will get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Spandle Sportsbook app today. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on a lot of things, including money lines, point scores, threes drained in consecutive order, or or, or who your favorite player is going to be in conjunction with points. There's a lot of avenues you have uh, uh, there to kind of maximize your thought process in watching the game. So please... FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays as well. Do not miss the opportunity to get on this no-sweat first bet with up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there now to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, 
the official sportsbook partner of the NBA as well. So, yeah, we, we, we talk about, you know, Caleb Boone and him dropping 27 points and, and continuing to kind of stay with this trend of being hot. And, you know, the crowd, I think the crowd was actually, it was, it was really, really good. Could it have been more? Of course, you guys know my stance on that. But all in all, you could feel the energy. You could feel the intensity. And when you shoot, um, you know, again, 63% from the the free throw line, that's a problem in these big games, right? And you have to find ways to combat their ability. And and they shoot almost, they shot almost 54% from the field. So, you know, it's statistically, it was a game that you just, it was constantly playing catch up, right? Caleb Boone, again, stayed hot. John Michael Wright continues to to kind of step up more offensively, dropping 18 points as well. Bryce Thompson, 17 points. And there was times that you, you could see Bryce kind of taking on a different role. And it was like you could maybe see him exploding uh, for, a, for a much bigger outpour. It just didn't quite happen. The seven points you get from Caleb Asbury in the, the situation we were in, you got to have more. Now, when everybody chips in that level of point production and you still lose. I think that got, that does go to show where the problem is. And then KU shooting 67% from the field in the second half, 66.9 or something like that. That that's really hard to defend, you know? And when Grady Dick comes out and he's on fire, right? There's there's not a lot you can do. He drops 26 points. And 17 of them came in the second half. So he really took control of the game, and we didn't have an answer for him. So this is one of those scenarios where Avery Anderson does kind of you know pop up right here. Because if you have Avery Anderson from a defensive perspective, the points production out of Caleb Asbury, seven points, whatever, it doesn't matter. But when Caleb Asbury is playing 34, 35 minutes, and you expect him to be able to, continue to run the floor defensively like he was able to with Avery and also be productive on the points in. This is maybe we're asking a little bit too much. So this is a scenario where Avery Anderson being out definitely plays a factor. uh, And we missed him in this one. Is that going to be a common thing going forward? I don't think so because athletically we're, I would say still for the most part, better than KU Texas from an athletic standpoint, I think may have us pegged, but from top to bottom, what we can what we can produce as a team cohesively, uh, I, I think definitely makes us a better matchup with KU than Texas, right? I'll just say that. But after that five straight winning streak and the seven of eight, are we able to get back on track now that we head to Fort Worth again and Jamie Dixon's going to have his club prepared? It's really going to be it's really going to be a, a determining factor, in my opinion how we control this one. Is it going to be a track meet or is it going to be something that we try to kind of force into the half court set stuff? We've gotten better in the half court set stuff. So I feel more comfortable there, but we're still a transition team. So as long as we can push the ball and stay out of foul trouble, this could be a recipe for us to get back again on that winning track record. And if we're going to continue to talk about the winning track record, 
we have to talk about women's basketball, guys. You know, you've heard us talk about the fans and how integral the fans are in Galgrave Arena. Women's basketball is just, it's always been a little bit different, right? Getting 10, 11,000 people in the arena for women's basketball has just been something that has been a difficult proposition over, over time. And it will continue to be. It just it doesn't it doesn't drive as many eyeballs. But I will say, with how exciting this team is, and Coach J.C. Hoyt's already he- heading for her hundredth victory in coaching, it'll be our third sweep of the season if we can get this next one done. Texas Tech is in for a rude awakening if they think that they're going to be able to stop one specific area. Because earlier in the season, right, it was Lior Garzon and Anagret LC from the outside. Anagret LC has kind of come on more recently. But Lexi Keys was somebody that was super hot in the beginning of the season. So you knew we were a team that had the ability to score and score in bunches. Like, that, that was a known factor. Well, as, the, as times progressed... You know, Cassidy DeLapp getting healthy has obviously been beneficial as well because it adds a little bit more depth. But down low, Taylor Collins and Taryn Milton, both of which having double-doubles and putting themselves in positions to be successful, regardless of what was happening on the outside, it, it really makes us difficult to defend. When you're shooting as well as we are, right, at 42% for, as a team – we're 19th in the country. And now we're developing this down low game. And again, with, with Cassidy DeLapp coming back and being healthy, it's kind of like the equivalency of having a, a Tyreek Smith in men's basketball. It gives you another person that can be a big off the bench that you know is not, not just there to eat up minutes, right? You know it's somebody there that's, that's going to eat minutes, but also be massively productive. And Lexi Keys is she's kind of, you know, I wouldn't say lost her touch of late. I would say it's more of other people stepping up. But she's entering the contest and she's got 117 career three pointers. So she's 22 away from moving into fifth place all time at O State. So hopefully she is somebody that that continues at this clip. But when you have the ability to shoot like we do. And then, uh, you know, we've talked over and over about Naomi Alnatis, a.k.a. Mimi. She's pacing the Big 12 and assist-to-turnover ratio at 2-3. to Like, the stats surrounding this women's basketball team is crazy. And with so many wins already over current top 25 teams, and now being in the, the possible contention of receiving votes category, they're, they're not only worth watching because we got March Madness coming up. So if you like filling out a men's bracket, it's, it's, it's fun filling out a women's bracket too, even if you don't know as much. But see, here's the beauty of filling out a women's bracket, even if you don't know as much. That's why it's fun when your team is good. When your team is good, you don't have to know as much because then you can have fun betting on them, especially knowing with some confidence that they can actually win some games for you. So it's good to know. It's good to watch. Um, and, and it gets you excited. So March Madness turns into a multitude of things instead of like last season. I mean, last season was a disaster for basketball. Both teams 
really didn't have a chance. The women's basketball squad wasn't producing wins, and the men's basketball squad was obviously, you know, kicked out by the stupidity of the NCAA. So now they both are making these runs. They're both going to be fun to watch. Another thing that is insanely fun to watch is the softball squad. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not surprising anybody there. Uh, yeah, because we did come into the season and rank number three in the country. Now, we did fall to number five, which I do find a little odd um, given the level of competition that we played in the Puerto Vallarta Classic Tournament in Mexico. The level of competition in and of itself should have dictated that we stayed where we we, we should have been. But I understand kind of dropping to number five. But since then, we've been on an absolute tear still. So this softball squad, if we're talking about stuff, right, tickets and, and the price of admission and, and whether you're buying a ticket and you know it's going to be worth the price of admission, this softball squad is insane. And for those of you that are like, but Cody, baseball is so boring to watch. Okay, I can, I can understand that one. Softball is not. It's much more fast-paced. And they have such a small area to do everything in. That's what blows my mind. Like, I would be super sketched out getting into the softball circle with some of these players. Like, it's absolutely insane. But it also lets you know how good we are. It's not just insane because it's so small and, and everything's so fast-paced. It's also insane because it shows you what level Oklahoma State softball is. We are up there with the Oklahomas and the UCLAs of the world, and we should be. Now, the, the tournament in Mexico made a very good showing for herself. We knew Kelly Maxwell was, right, the, the bee's knees. But we also got to see Lexi Kilfoyle in action. And we now know that we go. We have a one-two combo. Now, here's the problem. After that one-two combo on the mound, we do have a little bit of difficulty. I thought maybe Acock would kind of be the one uh, to take over the next role. But we've got people like Rosenberry also working in there as well. So we're going to have to see who really takes hold as that number three pitching spot for softball to really let us know whether a national title is 100% realistic or not. Are we good enough to play for one? Yes. Is the expectation to make it to, you know, the Omaha of women's softball in Oklahoma City? Yes. And to make a run at the thing? Absolutely. These are all 100% logical and plausible probabilities. But to be able to go three or four pitchers deep in softball is very rare. Very, 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 very rare. So just without knowing anything about softball, just know that. If you can go three, like, all-American level deep at pitcher, probably going to be fine, and you're probably going to win a crud ton of games. And watching a softball game in Stillwater, it, it is an experience. You know, it, it, if you're nodding your head out there, you'll just have to watch it. You'll have to see it, even if you just catch it on TV. The stuff we've done with the outfield, right, the way we've built, like, the wooden decks and stuff out there, it's 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 amazing. And to see how crazy it goes with Gatorade and water and whatever else flying all over the place for a softball event, it's amazing to see where our softball is now. It's phenomenal to guess where we're going to be because I would bet money that the next big thing on the docket is that softball stadium. Now, 
that's been talked about before, and we've got more money going into football, but football, that's a revolving door of money. It always will be. But the softball upgrades, they're going to continuously come because we are going to continuously vie for, for titles. And when OU and Texas leave the Big 12, I, I hate to say that it's going to be almost too easy. Hopefully somebody like UCF. UCF's been really good lately. Hopefully they can continue at their trajectory as well so we have another you know, heavy hitter in there. But we really, really want this season to mean the most because of the exit strategy of OU in Texas, right? We could win another Big 12 title. How sweet would that be? And again, it's worth every single listener watch. They're that fun. Hopefully we can develop the pitching around. The hitting also has been a little hit or miss, but we just run-ruled the Lady Texas A&M Aggies. That's always a fun one. And we know that we can continue to do this because we also run-ruled Nebraska right after. And, guys, these are big-time programs. It's not like we're, we're, we're talking about Valdosta State or Hofstra. This is how good we are. And now, now we have a statement to make. And this is, this guys, this isn't even talking about the fact that we have a secret weapon at third base. You know, it's funny. I, I was hearing some people talk about her and, and how she's kind of a liability in some aspects. But if you haven't seen Miss Megan Bloodworth play the game, you will appreciate it. You will appreciate it. There's a reason she was D1 in FCA freshman of the year finalist. And she's going to really, I think she's going to make a name for herself here. Our infield's already loaded. We know how good uh, Kylie Naomi is. Uh, Rachel Becker's somebody that I think uh, I'm a big fan of. Shine Factor's been here forever. We know what, what quality we have there. We know the speed of Caitlin Carwile. We, we obviously know how good the pitching staff can be. Uh, Taylor Edwards, the young lady who's still technically supposed to be in high school. Yeah, she uh, she can play. So get get excited for softball if you haven't. There's some new faces and new names uh, that are going to make some noise in this one as well. So it's not the same characters. But you also know, know a lot of the same characters. So anyways, that's all we got for this one. We got a lot of good stuff coming up when it comes to basketball. So, so stay tuned. Softball, baseball. You know we're going to get into a little bit of all of it. And as always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you for making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. And I'll see you on the next one. Later.